Well, you can uh, you can sit down, take a load off. Kim and the band will be back just a little bit later. Hey, uh, as Emma and uh, Sidney said, my name's Chris. I'm one of the communicators here at Beyond, and we're so glad uh, to have you along with us tonight. Thank you so much. Um, and we're so glad to have you along with us tonight. Um, before we get started, I just want to let you know, uh, Emma and Sidney uh, will tell you again at the end, but next Sunday night, next Sunday night we're launching a brand new series called Out of Control. Uh, it's really that time of the year where Christmas is coming up, but it's, it's just a little bit too far away to feel good. Uh, and there's so much stuff, there's uni semesters coming to a close, term four starting up for school, work's getting crazy, and life can just seem at this point in time like is a little bit out of control. And so next week we are launching a brand new series um, focused around how we can focus on some of the things that help us get back in control in life. And to help launch that, we're also having our Hello Sundays event. So next Sunday after the service from 7.30 to 9, um, out in the car park, there's going to be live music, there's going to be food trucks. It's going to be incredible, an, an incredible time uh, and we'd love you to come along. Um, tonight is a one-off message, uh, as Emma and Sidney said. Tonight, uh, if you are here for the first time, if you have no church experience, you can get everything you need tonight and then you can just jet off. Um, of course, we, you know, hopefully you come back next week for Hello Sundays, but, but next, uh, tonight you can just get it all in one nice little bundle. And to kind of get us started, I wanted to show you I want to show you a picture that hangs in my office. I'll get it. Hang on. And uh, I have this, one of my friends gave this picture to me and I, hang it, I have it in my office at home and uh, it sits, actually sits right above my desk. It sits right above my desk because I want to look at it every time I'm working. This is the picture. Some of you probably thought it was going to be a picture of Jesus. No, it's a picture of Batman. Jesus lives in my heart, not on my wall. Um, <clears throat> that was a good one. Uh, and so, and I love this picture of Batman. My friend gave this to me, and I love it. Um, I don't know if it's artistic or not, because I'm not artistic, okay? I have zero artistic bones in my body. I, I actually have no idea what would go into creating a picture like this. Like, I have no idea about perspective and how someone does perspective when they're trying to frame it up. I have no idea how when you're an artist, you have to, to figure out the horizons. I have no idea what a vignette spectrum is. Like, all this stuff I had to Google to figure out drawing terms so I could tell you something about this canvas, right? And, and, and I love this thing because it hangs above my wall. Actually, <clears throat> let you in on a little secret. There's actually two other Batman prints that hang right next to it on my wall as well. I left them at home because I couldn't, like, keep bringing them out. I was like, that'll just take too much time. But, but while maybe some of you are like me and you don't have an artistic bone in your body and maybe some of you do and, and, and you know what goes into painting something like this. You know the work, you know the time, you know the dedication, you know uh, the colour choices, you know all that sort of stuff. All of us are actually kind of more similar to this artist than we would, like to, uh, than we would think at first glance. And the reason is because every single person in this room is telling a story. Your life is actually telling a story, whether you realise it or not. And from the moment that you were born, you, you had a canvas. Obviously, you didn't have a Batman picture on it, although if yours does, I'd love to meet you. But your, yours was a blank canvas. And from the moment that you were born, you began to paint your canvas. And there was probably a time in your life, probably around 12 or 13, maybe a little younger for others, maybe a little older for others, where, where you kind of began to realize and you became conscious of the fact, hang on a minute, this is not my parents' life. This is not my brother or my sister's life. This is not my grandparents' life. This is not my teacher's life. This is this is my life. And the story that's, that's being played out on, on the canvas that I have is actually my story. 
And so that led some of you on a whole heap of different directions in your life. For some of you, you decided, you know what, I want to go down the arts track. I want my canvas to be all about arts and creative industries and, and musicals, and you wanted to, to look at music and all that sort of, uh, the, all those things. For some of you, you know, you went down the sporting track, whether that was coaching or playing or, or refereeing, you wanted to understand that world of sport and, and you wanted that to take up a piece of your canvas. Uh, others of you, you just love the way and you love understanding how the world works and, and you love thinking through it and you like reading other people's thoughts about it. And so maybe you went off to university to try and understand like your chosen field and how people put that together. Maybe there are others of you who, you, you, you just love doing things with your hands and you love actually creating stuff and building stuff, not on a canvas, but with your hands. And so you went, you went down a trade route, whether you're a chippy or a plumber or a boilermaker or whatever that is. And for some of you, it, it wasn't career related at all, right? For some of you, you were like, on my canvas, what I want to do is I want to travel as much as possible. I want to have as many adventures as possible. I want to have my friends take up as much of this canvas as possible. When people look at my life, I want them to see my relationships. I want them to see my friendships. I want them to see the people I'm closest to. And maybe for others of you, you went down a different track. You, you kind of thought, when, when I want people to look at my canvas, what I want them to see is an image. I want them to see the car. I don't want them to see the house. I want them to see the, you know, I want them to see the shoes. I want them to see everything. I want them to see a particular image. And so you went about telling a story in your life in such a way that when people look at that canvas, they would see that image. And, and here's where I think artists actually have it a little bit easier than you and I do with, with it when they're working on a canvas like this. Because if an artist is working on a canvas like this and they make a mistake, and it's a mistake that, you know, they don't want everyone else to see, they just throw it away. They just grab a brand new canvas and they start all over again. But we don't get that opportunity. In fact, at the, at, at, it's so incredibly exciting, at the same time it is incredibly scary, right? Because at the same time as it's so exciting, we have one shot. We get one canvas to paint our life's picture on. And that is, that is such an exciting opportunity. But it's also scary. Because what if you make a mistake? What if I make a mistake? And, and what, if it, what if it's a mistake that we can't hide? What if it's a mistake that we can't get off? What if it's a mistake that no matter how hard we scrub, no matter how hard we try to get rid of it, we feel like that part of the canvas is with us for the rest of our life? And so I want to ask you a question with that in mind. How much of your story, if it was on a canvas for everyone to see, would you want covered up at your funeral? Would it be 5%? Would it be 10%? Would it be 20%? You know, what parts of your life do you, do you look at the canvas of your life and you think to yourself, I hope my future kids never know that about me. I hope my friends never find that out about me. I hope my future husband or my husband or my wife, I hope they never know that part of my journey, right? Because a funeral is, is supposed to highlight the great things in, in someone's life. And so when people are celebrating you, when people are celebrating your life, what, what are the parts you're kind of like, ah, Let's not, let's not celebrate that part there. We'll just cover that up. And, and I get, like, I understand that for some of you, you're like, Chris, I really don't care what people say at my funeral. Like, that's so far in the distance. That's so far in the future. Like, I'm just starting my life. I'm not really, I'm not even thinking about dying right now. I'm just thinking about all the stuff I'm going to do. That is, that is a weird question to ask. So I've got a better question. Hopefully this one connects a little bit more. How much of your story do you wish you could do over? But right now, at this point in your life, on your canvas that you're painting, how much do you wish you could go back and you could 
kind of go, ah, I really don't like that colour pattern there. I, I, really, I really wish I could just do over that relationship. I really wish I could just do over that year at work or that year at uni. I, look, I really wish I could do over that decision. What, what, how much of your story do you wish that if you had the opportunity, you could go back and you could do over? And I understand that some of you are like, well, all the parts of my story kind of molded together and they made me the person who I am today and so I wouldn't do anything over. And, and I get that. But, but what parts of your story would you not want to experience again? What hurt? What regrets? What shame or what fear do you wish, I don't, I don't ever want to experience that again. I don't, it made me who I am, but I, I really hope that nothing happens in my life where I have to experience those feelings again. What part or how much of your story do you wish you could do over? And, and here's, here's where we can learn something from artists, right? Because artists... When they, when they look at a canvas and they, when they begin to paint, what artists do is they apply the principles and rules that govern that particular arena of life, right? So when it comes to art, when it comes to drawing, there are particular rules and there are particular principles that you have to follow if you want to put a, pi a, a picture on, a, on a, a canvas and make it look good. The same thing when it comes to music. There are certain keys and there are certain notes and there are certain principles and rules that you need to follow if you want the music to sound a certain way. And the same is true in life, right? There are, there are certain principles that affect us in life and we don't, we don't even know it. For example, unless you're Superman, the only way you can fly is in a plane because the principle of gravity applies to you. The principle of gravity applies to all of us. The same, the same is true financially. The, princi the principles that, uh, and rules that govern money apply to all of us. If you've got none, you can't spend any. Unless you get a credit card, then you can just spend as much as you want, right? But those principles, and, and that's the same with relationships, it's the same with friendships. There are particular rules that govern, and, and uh, those principles and rules apply to uh, areas of our life. And so we can actually learn something from artists. Because if we could figure out, right, if we could discover how to apply the principles and rules of life to our relationships, and what that would mean is that we could not have moments on our canvas that we wanted to do over. We could know ahead of time and we could figure out ahead of time the best decisions to make so that we didn't have to experience that hurt and that regret. And we didn't ever have to want to do over again. And so the question we're going to wrestle to the ground here for the next couple of minutes is simply this. How do you make the most of, at your one shot at telling the story of your life? You've got one canvas. How do you make the most of it? Well, the, I want to introduce you. There's a guy called Solomon. And Solomon, Solomon was an incredible dude. Solomon was the king of a nation uh, called Israel, and he lived about a thousand years before Jesus. Solomon was the richest man in the world at his day. He had a net worth of about 600 million, it's estimated. Solomon built palaces. Solomon had wives. Solomon had concubines. Solomon had like, Solomon had the equivalent of like Justin Bieber, One Direction, Beyonce, and Jay-Z all on retainer. And that was just Monday's set list. So Solomon was, Solomon was so wise. And Solomon wrote a whole heap of journals. And we have access to a number of those journals. Uh, and we're going to look at, at one of these journals in particular. And, and in this insight, we get an insight into Solomon's take 
on how you, we can make the most and how we can make the most of this one shot at life. And this is what Solomon has to say about this. He says, trust in and rely confidently on. Now remember, this is someone who'd done a lot with their life. This is something that kings and queens came to to hear his thoughts on their kingdom. So, so when Solomon says, hey, this is the person you should trust in, we should all be paying attention, right? So this is what Solomon says. Trust in and rely confidently on yourself because you always get it right 100% of the time. No, right? In fact, the reason, the reason that there are mistakes on our canvas is because we listen to this advice ourselves, right? Our parents told us, don't do that. Our friends told us, don't do that. Our, 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 uh, maybe our boyfriend or our girlfriend said, hey, maybe that's not a great decision. And we did it anyway. We are like, nah, it's okay. I'm right most of the time, so I'll figure it out. And that led to that part of the canvas that we didn't want. And Solomon experienced that. And so this is not what Solomon wrote. Solomon wrote this. He said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. In other words, this is not like a, like a toe in the water thing. This is not a 50% thing. If you really want to write the story that you want in your life, this is an all of you thing. And then he goes on. He says, and do not rely on your own understanding. Now, he, he writes that straight away, next sentence. And because straight away, all of us are going to go, oh, Solomon, come on, I like relying on my own understanding. And he's like, refer to the previous paragraph, refer to the previous sentence. The reason we're having this conversation is because your decisions led to the marks on the canvas. Oh, okay, right, that's right, yep. Okay, I will not rely on my own understanding. And what he's saying is the best way to tell the story you want with your life is to follow the author of life. He's saying, if you want to know, and if you want to write a story worth telling, one that you want, then the best way to do it is to follow God. And I'll explain how to do that in a minute. This is, but he goes on. He says, in all your ways, recognize and acknowledge him. And that's kind of a weird, like, we don't really say that. Like, what does he mean by that? Does he mean, like, when, when we're, like, walking down the streets, we say, what's up, God? How you doing? Like, is there a way to, like, is there a high five? Is there a, like, what does he mean? And I tried to like condense it down. It's a really clunky sentence. I'm sorry, but it was the best I could do to try and condense this thought down so we could understand it. This is what I think he means. He goes, in order to tell the story that you want with your life, you need to apply the principles and rules that govern life. And I've highlighted this word, because this is, this is the game changer here, apply. Because when it comes to getting in shape, chances are you know that you have to eat healthy and exercise. You know that. No one has to tell you that. You just haven't applied it. You, you know when it comes to your finances that you can't spend more money than you make. That's not a good idea. You just haven't applied it. In fact, in fact I guarantee that when you look at the, at the canvas of your life and those areas that you, you regret and those areas you wish you could do over, you knew it wasn't the right decision to begin with. You know that he wasn't right for you and she wasn't right for you and you know that that was a dodgy business decision to get into. You knew that that job didn't feel right, right from the get-go, and you knew that. That was fine. But you just didn't apply what you knew. You just didn't apply what you knew inside, and that's what makes all the difference. Not knowing, applying. And so Solomon goes on. He says this, when you apply, he shows us the benefit. He says, when you apply, he, God, will make your path straight and smooth removing the obstacles that block your way. Because the best way to tell the story you want to tell is to be connected to the author of life. See, what Solomon is saying here is, if God created the universe, 
if God had a hand in creating you, in fact, if God gave you the canvas to paint your life on, doesn't it make sense that God knows the best way for you to experience the fullness of life? Not just a mediocre life, but life lived at its absolute fullest capacity. Relationships experienced in their fullest capacity. Your gifts and your hopes and your dreams experienced in their fullest sense. Solomon said, that's what God wants for you. And when you live your life in such a way that you don't apply the rules and the principles that God has created within each of us, it's not God judging you because he's angry at you. It's not God being like, oh, I wish they followed this. That's you putting obstacles in your path because you are not living your life in the way that you were created to live because you have disconnected from the author of life. And so we have this, um, we have this thing here at Beyond. It's called For Monday because we are really, really big on application. We are really, really big on helping you take what you know and apply it to your life. And it's going to be no surprise what this week's For Monday is. Okay, this, this week's For Monday is going to be no surprise, but I want to spend a moment explaining exactly what that is because I actually think Christians may have a uh, misunderstanding of what this is. I actually think people uh, who maybe it's your first time to church, your first time back to church in a long time, have a misunderstanding or a mischaracterization of what this is. And that mischaracterization came from Christians who didn't understand it in the first place. So we're just going to clear it all up for everyone. And this week's For Monday is simply this. I want you to follow Jesus. And, and here's what I mean by that. If you're an atheist, I want you to follow Jesus. If you're a skeptic, I want you to follow Jesus. If you've got questions and you're not sure about the whole Jesus thing, I want you to follow Jesus. If you're a Christian, I want you to follow Jesus. I want you to follow Jesus regardless of what stage in your faith you're at, regardless of what you think about God, regardless of what you know. I just want you to follow Jesus. And I'll explain that in a second, but the reason why I want you to follow Jesus and why, why we, we are beyond do what we do is because we believe this, that following Jesus will make your life better and will make you better at life. When you begin to follow Jesus, you step into better, uh, into better relationships. You step into better friendships. You are able to better handle your anger. It becomes easier to forgive. You're able to work through your fear and you're able to work through your doubt. You're even able to work through the marks on your canvas that you've covered up for ages and you hoped no one would find out about. Because following Jesus makes your life better and it will make you better at life. But I need to understand and explain in the last couple of minutes that we have. In the last couple of minutes, I need to explain what this means. Because I'm afraid, I'm afraid that when I said follow Jesus, uh, what some of you heard was read your Bible every single day. I'm afraid that when I said follow Jesus, what you heard was come to church and do what church people do all the time. Like, I'm afraid that, that when I said follow Jesus, you thought in your head, like, I've got to give all my money away, like, I've got to join a convent, like, I've got to, like, push myself away from society. Like, I'm afraid that you had this idea in your head that was never, never what Jesus was about, that is never what Jesus intended when he meant for us to follow him. And the reason so many of us has this mischaracterization is because maybe you went to church and, and, uh, and you grew up in a world where it was always like, well, if you want to follow Jesus, here's the step-by-step -step guide in order to follow Jesus. And here's the exact format and here's the exact way you should do it. But Jesus invited people who didn't believe what he believed to follow him. 
Jesus invited people who didn't behave the way that he behaved to follow him. And the reason why following Jesus is probably not what you expect is because the center of our faith is not a book. So many Christians believe that the center of Christianity is the Bible. That, that the center of Christianity rises and falls on how we view a book. That is not true. The center of our faith is an event. Because at the center of our faith is not a book or not a collection of books. At the center of our faith is a person. And at the center of our faith is a person who is wrapped up in an event that occurred in history. And the reason that event had to occur in the first place is because way, way back in the beginning, like in the beginning, beginning, when the first people who ever existed were given a canvas, and we don't know if it was, you know, we don't know what that looks like, but when they were given a canvas, when humanity was given a canvas to paint on, humanity said, thanks God, but we'll do it our way. Thanks God, we appreciate that there's some rules, we appreciate there's some principles that we can apply to our life, but we're going to try our own rules and our own principles. And all throughout history, God has been attempting to intervene and attempting to draw people back to the principles and rules that will help them live and experience life in their fullest sense. In fact, for a long time, God was trying to do this through one nation in particular, the nation of Israel, the nation that Solomon was the king of. And every time they would walk away, God would step in and he would say, guys, guys, here's some principles and rules that will help you paint the picture you want for your nation and for you. And when things were bad, they listened. And then things got good, and they didn't listen so much anymore. And then they were like, ah, we're good now, God. And God kept stepping in and helping every time they cried out. But then one day, God stopped responding. And God went silent. And God went silent for a long time. And the reason was, is because he was building up to something extraordinary. Because God did something unimaginable when he began to speak again. He wrote himself into the canvas of history. And he stepped foot onto the pages of history as Jesus. And lived for 33 years until he was hung and condemned on a cross under criminal and terrorist charges and left to die in between two criminals. And his followers, well, most of them ran away, but there were a couple who were standing at the bottom of the cross. And Jesus' mother was standing at the bottom of the cross and they watched the life ebb out of his veins and they felt like hope was over. And they didn't know what to do with their canvas or how their story was going to end. And then three days later, Mary and some of her friends went to the tomb where Jesus was buried. And it was empty. And then the rumors started to spread through Jerusalem and through the city that this guy is actually alive. That there's, this, this, guy, this guy actually didn't die. Like he died, but then he overcame the grave. And then Jesus appeared to people. Jesus appeared to 500 people at one time. And Jesus began talking and Jesus began eating with these people. And all these people came to the same conclusion. Not that the faith of Christianity had, has at its center a book, but at its center it has an event. And that event was the author of life giving up his life for an opportunity for you and me to, uh, to begin to paint the picture that we want from our lives, to reconnect with a God who gave up everything. 
Because at the center of that event, when the author of life gave up his life, death could not hold him. And three days later, the grave was empty. And the author of life showed just how much power he has. And so the question, I think, is pretty simple. If you had the opportunity to let the author of life in on your life, why would you not take it? If that opportunity was placed at your footsteps, uh, placed right in front of you, and you said, you know what, the way that I tried things, kind of like Solomon said, all the, all the times that I tried things uh, didn't work, why would you not try to follow the principles and the rules of someone who says, that's the way I designed you? And it might not be the way you think, and it might not make sense to you, but when you apply it to your life, you will discover that your path becomes straight because you're living the way you were created to live. And the truth is, what have you got to lose? Nothing. But you have got everything to gain. You have got the opportunity in your hands to write the story that you want for your life. And so, what does following Jesus look like? Well, it looks like applying the teachings of Jesus to your life. And you can do that whatever stage of your journey you're on. You can come back next week if that's what applying it looks like in your life. You can talk to God. You can pray, to use a Christian word, for the first time ever. You don't have to know how to do it and you can feel uncomfortable about it, but you can just do it because that might be what applying the teachings of Jesus is to your life. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's grabbing someone with a, with a pink cap on or grabbing someone and saying, hey, I've got some questions and I've always kind of known this, but now I kind of want to apply it. What does that look like to apply? Just having a conversation with someone right where you're at. And you can say, you know what, I'm not really sure about this whole thing, but I just want to apply this one thing. I just want to figure this one thing out in my life. And so this week, I would challenge you. Just let the author of life in on one Take one step to follow Jesus and he will make your life better and he will make you better at life. I'd love to pray. Jesus, it can be really difficult sometimes to, uh, to trust you because we've got our ideas in our head where we want our canvas to take us in life and we've got our ideas in our head with the picture that we want to create. But if we're really honest with ourselves, so often, the reasons that there are areas on our canvas that we want to cover up or that we wish we could do over is not because we, we know better, but because we didn't apply. And so, Lord, this week, for the first time maybe, I pray that people would begin to apply your teachings to their life. And I pray that they wouldn't apply it for a day or two days or for a week, but they would, they would give it a serious consideration of time. After all, if we've been applying one way of thinking and one way of teaching to our lives for one way, we need, to, we need to apply your way of thinking for a decent amount of time, at least to be able to see the results. And Lord, I know that there are some people in this room and maybe they, got question, they have questions about, well, you know, well, what about creation or, or what, about, what about the flood or what about some of these other things? And Lord, I pray that you would help them to understand that at the center of Christianity is not a book, but at the center of Christianity is an event where the author of life stepped into history, where the author of life wrote himself into the canvas of every single person's life, if, if they give him the opportunity. 
And Lord, I pray tonight that people would begin to follow you and that they would begin to experience the freedom. They would begin to experience what it means to have their obstacles removed when they apply themselves to the principles and rules that govern this life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.